0: Welcome to the Heavenly Banquet, where the hungry are filled with good things. What are you hungry for? I'm hungry for justice and chocolate. It's Valentine's season, the season of love. Let's talk about love in the Christian tradition. There's nothing really daring or interesting in contrasting the Christian ideal of love with the advertised values of our commercialized holiday. I think we can easily see that Christian love can't be what we see in jewelry commercials. I think we can see that love, any real ideal of love, can't be what we're getting sold for Valentine's Day. But let's use this holiday as an excuse to talk about love in the Christian tradition because it's a word we use so much that it's almost in danger of losing any meaning. I mean, we throw around these phrases almost like empty slogans. God is love, the gospel is love, the law is love. We're commanded to love, to love self, to love God, and to love neighbor. It's this word over and over and over again. And so, Chad, let's just get right into it. What even is love?
1: What a huge question! What is love? Because you know we say we love our family and we love Korean barbecue, but obviously those are two radically different things. Hopefully,
0: have you have you yeah. met my family? Come. <laughs> okay.
1: Your family's wonderful, Charlotte. I know they are. <laughs> so, what is love? Or we can refine the question a little bit and say, you know, what is essential to love? What is the essence of love? And what does that even mean? So, the, the idea, what is essential to love? The idea is something is essential to love if love can't be love without it, right? So, okay. there, What is it that love must have to be love? That's kind of the idea. So one possibility is love is something we feel, which I think that, you know, we often talk about feeling love and so so on and so forth, and we might associate certain emotions with love, emotions like affection, compassion, um, and so on. So... Let's assume for the moment.
0: Butterflies in my tummy.
1: Butterflies right. in my tummy. That's right. <laughs> so let's assume for the sake of argument that some kind of emotional experience is essential to love. So that without that emotional experience, love is not love. Okay. And let's just think about our own real world love relationships. Um, think about family or friends that you could honestly say, I always love this person without fail. It doesn't matter the day of the week, the time of the day. I always love them. There's never a time I don't love them. Well, we all know from our relationships that in relationships, we go through the whole gambit of emotional experience, right? Not only do we feel the warm, fuzzy emotions, affection, Joy and so on. But we also go through emotions like frustration and disappointment, sadness, and so on. So if the essence of love is a particular emotion or set of emotions, then we only love those people when we are experiencing those emotions. Mm -hmm. And that that doesn't seem quite right. So then... Mm -hmm the question becomes what remains the same? What is always there in these relationships that does not ch- change, even though, you know, we go through all these various different kinds of emotions. And I think in thinking about this, I think the one thing that always remains the same in our love relationships is we always consistently, we want what is good for the other person. Right. Um, and so I think that gets closer, and it's kind of hard to define it exactly, but I think, I think that gets closer to what is essential to love. When we love another person, we want what is good for them, regardless of how we feel. Um, and we can, we can turn that around. If we don't want what is good for the other person, do we really love them, right? Right. Mhm. Um think of abusive relationships where the abusive member might say, "Oh, I love you. I love you." But everything they do is detrimental to their um to the other person, you know, it's harmful and doesn't contribute to their well-being. Is that really love? So I think I think love is and again it's kind of hard to put in so many words, but love and The good are intimately related. When we love ourselves, when we love others, we are wanting what is good for ourselves. We are wanting what is good for others.
0: It sounds like maybe you're describing uh, love as the sort of verb for the good. That that love is maybe the pursuit of the good. So when we love somebody else, we are... pursuing good for them or hoping good for them or trying to enact uh, the good for them. Do you think, is that fair?
1: I think so. Yeah. In the
0: realm you think I like, I like this definition because I think it's, it's expands beyond. It starts with, you know, I care for you. I don't want harm. Mm-hmm. Right. We definitely could say that mm-hmm. as far as, you know, what's good for someone else, things that are bad, can't be part of the good. And as you said, you pointed out this example of, uh, you know, abusive situations, situations where the person is not uh, actualizing their full aut- autonomy, um, aren't being themselves, uh, et cetera, that that's not good. We can we can identify, I think, a, a host of things that aren't good. Mm-hmm. Um, what what might you think is good is the ideal of of goodness? How mm-hmm. How could we identify that?
1: Great question. Um, So let me approach it with the, the command to love our neighbors ourselves. Okay. So maybe one way to hear what Jesus is saying there is he's saying, seek what is good for others just as you seek what is good for yourself. Or as you put it, pursue what is good for others just as you pursue what is good for yourself. It's interesting that Jesus doesn't spend really any time that I'm aware of explaining to us what it means to love ourselves, right? Um, Which seems like a pretty important thing not to go into. But one possibility is he doesn't explain what it means to love ourselves because in some significant sense, we already do. Mm -hmm. And so... If, if, if we're kind of sticking with this idea that love seeks what is good, in some significant—so what does that mean for us? Do we seek our own good? And I think we, I think we have just this natural tendency to seek our own good. You know, uh, not, we seek not only the good things we need to exist, like food, shelter, clothing, but we want um, meaning and purpose and relationship and leisure time and fulfilling work, um, and the list goes on. Well, what are all of those things? Those are things that contribute to life, to flourishing life. So I think one way to understand the good is the good is whatever works towards flourishing life. Um, Again, going back to the kind of abusive relationship scenario where this person says, You know, I love you, I love you, I love you. But everything they do is detrimental to that other person. They're not doing the things. They're working against flourishing life for that person in a sense. Does that make sense?
0: Right. Oh, yeah. No, I was just thinking when you were speaking, and particularly because you had mentioned the abusive situations, that part of the violence of abuse is convincing the person who's being abused, that they aren't worthy of good things, ah. right? That that's that that's not for them, right? Um, and that this other thing that's been served up from the abuser is, but but um, but I think it starts sort of in some ways with the the diminishment of, as you say, that that natural drive for I I am worthy mm-hmm. of good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I deserve good things. Uh, I may have been created for good things. Right, right? Uh, you know, so, so what is, so maybe let's talk a little bit about that intention, right? So, because we're also, you know, we're loving each other. We're loving ourselves as God first loved us. So what is, maybe, maybe can you say a little bit about sort of, you know, what's God's intention for us here in all of this broadly?
1: Yeah. Well, the scriptures say God is love, which is a pretty important statement, um, and kind of going back to um, the idea of the essence of love. What does it mean to say God is love? Um, well, any attribute. And I, this might don't let me get in the woods too far here, but any attribute we. Uh, claim that God has is an essential attribute. In other words, if God is love, that means God is always love. It's not like, unlike us, and we can love sometimes and not other times. Uh, to say that right. God is love means that God always is love. In order for God not to be love, God would have to stop being God, right? So, <clears throat> but uh, to our to this kind of working definition we have of s- love as seeking the good. Well, so the idea would be that God is seeking our good in some significant sense, right? Um, And in fact, God is good and the source of all good. But what is the good that God is is seeking for us? And I think there's, you know, this can be debated, but I think, you know, as it says in a it's First uh, John four nine. It says, "God's love was revealed among us in this way: God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him." So the goal, mm-hmm. God, the goal God is, is for a certain kind of life, um, uh, and ultimately, I think the Scriptures bear this out: everlasting life in union with God and one another. I think is kind of the goal. Um, so it kind of matches up with this idea that love seeks what is good and what is good works towards um, flourishing life, I think. I mean, I think love is an orientation towards the good. It's not just that we're seeking good things. We're, and we do, love does that. We seek good things for ourselves. We seek what is good for others. But we want to know what is good. We want to enjoy what is good. Um, We want to share what is good, uh, abide in what, you know, really love is a whole life orientation towards the good uh, is one way to put it, I think. Yeah. I
0: I think, I mean, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, No, I think it's, I think I like that. I appreciate that you're grounding that too in, in the definition of God of, uh, of what we know of, of God of the divinity, the divine personality, right? So if God is ultimate goodness, right, and then that goodness is the uh, is eternal, mm-hmm. right? Is infinite. Uh God's activity is always pursuing that goodness, is always reaching, moving toward goodness. God both is goodness and right. striving Toward goodness, acting goodness—that's God's activity of love in the world, and that's the activity that God has asked us to uh, join God in. Right, right? and it's the—it seems, at least in in my reading, uh, to be the activity God actually created us for. You know, so not um, oh hi, you know, Jesus on the scene. Why, why aren't y'all loving one another? Right, but. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, from the beginning, you know, uh, uh, we as Christians, I think particularly, you know, we're thinking, thinking of God, the Godhead in terms of a trinity, right? Mm-hmm. Our God is relational within the divine self. Right. Right. Uh, there's love. There's connection between uh, the three persons in the Godhead. And, uh, you know, the way the mystics speak of that as kind of spilling over into creation, mm-hmm. right? That. That God, the divine personality is so tied to this idea of pursuing the good of loving, that God had to create something outside of God's self to love. That that God strove to, I just I want to do more loving. All right. So I'm going to create some other things to love. And and that this is kind of how creation is born. Um, you know, and then the first you, you want to read the first Genesis uh, creation account or the second one, but that humanity is created in a relationship too. That 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 is the pursuit to be in in love with God and in love with one another. How we mirror this divine, this amazing divine personality. That that's the divine activity is love itself.
1: Then yeah. Hmm. I mean, I would go so far to say that love is our function as humans. You know, that's what mm-hmm. we are created to do, ultimately to, to abide in it. But it is, like you said, it's mutual, it's relational. Um, it works both ways. I mean, I think one danger of, of thinking about love in this way is, you know, it is taking a kind of paternalistic attitude and being like, okay, uh, love is seeking the good. I'm going to figure out what the good is for others. And I'm going to make that happen. You know? Um, yeah.
0: Like a human resource director. <laughs> 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 i kidding. kidding. no, but no offense right. no, to human resource more. directors. Out. Oh, Maybe. Uh, But no, but the idea of uh, what you're saying that, okay, so I'm I'm the smart one Uh here and I know what's good for you. Right. right? Uh, And and then then we're in more of this kind of abusive thing, uh, clearly. But uh, but I think part part of the remedy for that paternalistic notion is gonna come back to you know God creating us for love mm-hmm. and that our purpose being to self-actualize in that love, um w- which means that everybody it's gonna look different for different people well, that's right. in some ways. And right? in different circumstances. And I Sorry. yeah. Go ahead. No, and I think that's that might be also where we come up, you know, love is patient mm, and kind exactly. too. Because yeah. the other the other side of that paternalistic tendency to just be like, Hey, you know, what's good for you. You have to do this (laughs) is uh, is sometimes you watch people do things that aren't great for them, or you really feel like you have a clear sense Mm -hmm. of what would be the best thing for them.
1: And they just won't listen.
0: And (laughs) well, (laughs) either they just won't listen or you can't speak it and you're just, you just got to wait for them. There's a way that they're going to have to kind of f- figure some of that out themselves right. and make their own, their own path there that you have to be kind and patient and, and maybe you've put up, um, you know, some bumper rails. So they don't, <laughs> they don't get hurt. You jump in there, yeah. but that, um, y- you have to also watch uh, people self-actualize into into love um, in in, Maybe slower than you'd like for yeah. them to do, too.
1: I mean, it takes communication, and it, we have to be attentive. You know, if you're plowing through life, mm. you're going to miss. And the other thing is, you know, sometimes maybe the most loving thing I can do is just get out of the way. Right. You know?
0: Right. Right. When we're talking about the ways that our love models the love that God has for us, mm-hmm let's let's go ahead and get on uh, the person and work of Christ mm-hmm. and um, let's let's talk about the cross. I mean we got you know there's no greater love
1: right uh, to lay down your life in
0: this, this moment yeah. right yeah uh, I don't think I'm gonna have that opportunity and I don't think <laughs> that's an opportunity I'm gonna invite you into at some point but um we you know what do we? Learning from that, the way that love is uh, sacrificial, maybe mm-hmm. self-sacrificial, um, how, how is that helpful or not?
1: Yeah, so I think as Christians, we generally, you know, we hold up the cross as like the supreme act of love. As Jesus said, you know, no greater love can you have for your friends than to lay down your life for them. And so we often talk about it in terms of self-giving love. Um, and I do think this is where Christian love maybe goes a step above what we've been talking about, because I think the idea is because we know God's love for us, we are free to, um, love in ways that may cost us something. Right. Um, but Mm -hmm. of course, going back to abuse, you know, (laughs) That opens the door for, um, you know, people to come become doormats and and, and so on and so forth. So there's got to be a, there's got to be some nuance there. One thing I want to say about thinking of the cross as kind of the paradigm of love, this idea of self giving love, I think it's important to point out Christ doesn't go through that for its sake alone, but he goes through that to bring about a particular end. Um I would say
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would say what he what he's doing is trying to bring God and humanity back into a united relationship humans back into which is likewise the goal of love of God and neighbor. Um the, Margaret Farley has written a good amount on love and in her book Personal Commitments she has this great line where she says we can sacrifice all that we have, but not all that we are. Right. We there's a limit when it, you know, because again, what is the goal of sacrifice? It's not of self-sacrifice. It, it, it's not so, self-sacrifice itself that is the goal, but it's to bring about a certain end of community and relationship mm-hmm. and, and so on. So, you know, may although we hold the cross up as Kind of a paradigmatic um, model of love. I think it helps to keep in mind what the goal of that was, which was to bring uh, God and humanity into right relationship. Um, that and so you know, in some sense, the, the the model for our love is the Trinity, which is that relationship, but. I don't know if that answered.
0: Yeah, no, I think.
1: Or, no, I
0: think. Uh, I think that's great. I think it's. I think. I think it can't be repeated enough that the cross is not the end of the story. Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, like, and and there's certainly that whole kind of uh, strain within, particularly American Christianity, that it, it's the cross, it's the blood, it's you know. Uh, but this reminder, yeah, that was a sacrifice for a particular end. Mm-hmm. Right. Not really even an, an end, but yeah. But in this pursuit of the good in this pursuit of restoring relationships between God and humanity, uh, between humanity and creation Mm -hmm. between humanity and itself. um, And so it's a movement toward it's, it's a necessary or a fitting uh, a moment to achieve the, this other thing that is that is without a doubt uh, good and great and wonderful and loving, uh, but it doesn't. It's it's not death right. in itself. But right. yeah. uh, we have to assume is is loving or is the is the way that love is pursued. Uh, it certainly was in that instance, but that's uh, let's just say a rather extraordinary one. Mm-hmm. Uh, in human history and the faith that uh, in some ways is is a useful model, but I think maybe only a useful model when we're talking about it in the context of the entire story of right. the Christ event.
1: I definitely uh, agree. And not, yeah. I definitely agree. You know, we like you said, it doesn't stop at the cross. That's, that's going somewhere. It's going towards flourishing life, right, in some sense. That's what God, it seems, right. is kind of what's the whole thing
0: yeah flourishing life in yeah the very definition of flourishing <laughs> life right the absolute the abolishment of death itself exactly. so uh i think that you know fits in wonderfully with this this definition you've given us today of love as pursuit of the good um as pursuit of the good for others as pursuit of full flourishing for others there's uh, what could be a greater gift than to say, "Guess what? There's nothing now that could possibly stop you from flourishing, right? You don't. There's nothing for you to fear, right? In this work that you've been given, in this love that you've been given, because death no longer has any meaning. It has no hold over you. It's it's not real anymore, um, and so now you really are free, free in that way. If we've taken that away. To you have the freedom to pursuit to pursue uh extravagant uh acts of love um you know wild boundless acts of love in the world because you can't be hurt for it
1: right ultimately ultimately that's right um one last thing I in relation to this, and that's love of God. How do we love God? Mm -hmm. And I think kind of in that same framework, God being goodness, big G. I mean, we love God by seeking God, but also by being what we are created to be, which, you know, to love one another and flourish together. I mean, that is one way that we love God. So it all kind of enfolds, Together, you know it. It, it works together. I th- I think.
0: Yeah. No, that's interesting. I th- I think maybe flesh that out a little bit because it seems, yeah. Uh, you know, when we love one another, we aren't just adhering to a commandment, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's that that's good. God likes that. Yeah, I'm sure, sure, right? You know, we're doing what God asked us to do. Uh, and, and that is one way to show love for some someone else. But it's actually more than that, right? Because we're joining in God's work. We're uh, becoming partners with God uh, through, the, through doing the thing that God loves the most to do, which is to love us, right? Uh, and becoming an apprentice there, which is bringing us into intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. Because if nothing else... Um, by loving we learn more of what love is, of what it means to love. And since we know that's the thing that God most wants to do, we're learning more about the Godhead, about God's, the divine personality mm-hmm. uh, about who God is. And by loving other people, we learn how God loves us right, yeah. uh, because we're uh, participating in that same activity in some way.
1: That, that's a great point. It brings to mind, and of course, I'm not going to remember, it's, you know, Gospel of John chapter 14, 15, somewhere in there, you know, Jesus says, uh, abide in my love. Um, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And then he tells us what his, he says, I give you a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. But the interesting thing, and I think this is in chapter 14, he says, if you will keep my commandments, I will reveal myself to you kind of going mm-hmm. off what you were saying that when we participate in the divine intention for human love we learn more about god or we in a relational in a very real sense because this is this is what god is doing
0: kind of wild
1: isn't it it is
0: so are there con are there concrete ways that we can love one another
1: i mean my own approach to trying to live out You know, this pursuit of the good is, and we we probably need a whole nother, we'll probably need to address this again, but is really trying to be attentive to the situations I find myself in and, and the people that are involved and to be intentional to about pursuing whatever the good is needed in that moment. Does that make sense? And it may may be nothing but enjoying our time of fellowship together or it may be helping a person out or it may be. And I think if we talk more in terms of the body of Christ and the church, it's about being attentive to the good that is needed and how to address that maybe in the location where the body of Christ is functioning or, or whatever. but. All that to say, my personal approach is to try to be attentive and very intentional. Does that make sense at all?
0: Absolutely. You know, we've talked more on kind of an individual relationship level as far as sort of me and Jesus or, you know, how God loves me or us, um, but and how we love each other. And we're talking about uh, what are healthy relationships on an individual level. But uh, certainly we're called to more than that right mm-hmm. so how how would you describe love or the pursuit of good in a in a more systemic way right are there ways that we can love whole groups of people better what do we what, what do we do for them there do you say, um, societally let's say yeah how does love how does love connect to justice maybe that's what i want to ask you
1: yeah so when is justice achieved when life flourishes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sure. I mean, I think one part of the task of the church is to be attentive, and you know where where is life not flourishing, and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what can we do to um, rectify that? And of course, it's you know there are so there's so many different ways we can go with that. But I think you know once we begin to look. at, at life and look at our society in terms of um, flourishing life and what contributes to that. It, it's, it's a much different perspective on love versus. What am I saying, Charlotte?
0: Love is happy, warm feeling. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and butterflies, and yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, so, I mean, part of it is Christians being oriented to the flourishing life of others and when we see people being held back or marginalized and so on and so forth being intentional about trying to address those shortcomings as as corporately as a body you know we're stronger you Mm -hmm. know uh yeah go ahead
0: That's that's fascinating. Well, I wanted to just, you know, as we kind of do contrast in some ways, this ideal of love with this commercialized version, et cetera, this in this scope, if I'm saying that love is the or we're saying that love is the pursuit of the good Mm -hmm. uh, and that we can do that both individually and socially, systemically looking out for what groups are being marginalized Mm -hmm. or particular peoples, et cetera. Uh, aren't flourishing, Mm -hmm. uh, aren't being allowed to self-actualize, whatever, then I I can say things in that case that I I can't in this commercialized stuff because I can actually say that I love people. I don't
1: know. That's right. Yeah.
0: Right. And that I love people I've never met, you know, and I love people that I, I have really no experience of. Right. But I'm reading about, or I know about, or I've, Um, you know, have some encounter with this and can say, okay, there are people, there are people that are hungry. There are people who, you know, have housing issues. There are people uh, who are cold. Right. And I could say these, these are very basic things that are going to keep people from flourishing. Right. right? Uh, So I I'm called to step in through my faith in some way to, to allow them to bring them life. Right uh there's something impeding their very basic needs for life. Um and that those acts are loving. Um and that's how we love one another, but loving people that yeah, I'm I and not only do I not know, but I may never know or have any contact with.
1: And you can do the same thing for puppy you don't even like. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Say more about that loving people you don't like. Because
0: we you and I mean I wanna I want to draw that out a bit because you and I mean something very different than a kind of yeah um uh hate the sin, love the sinner uh, kind of thing or something mm, something mm. like that. That's not what we're talking about. Mm-mm. We're talking about you can be an ornery, <laughs> kind of nasty, difficult person Mm -hmm. right but i can still love you Mm -hmm. i can still want good things for you and and maybe one of those good things is for you to not be such a nasty person (laughs) because you're getting in your own way and you're keeping yourself from uh flourishing from experiencing life and love in the world but um but yeah i could still want you not to get at least start from the place of care Mm -hmm. away from harm etc but but yeah, you couldn't certainly want uh want good
1: things for uh people you don't like. <laughs> well, I mean imagine your worst enemy, someone you couldn't uh-huh. conjure You've up. got him.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody somebody you couldn't conjure up a warm feeling for if you wanted to. And they come up to you mm-hmm. dying of <laughs> thirst, right? Mm-hmm. If you give them a glass of water, you have loved them, even though uh, the feelings we often associate with love are not present. Right. Right. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Well, there we. OK, now you brought it sort of full circle back to this idea of feelings. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say? In I don't.
1: I, yeah. So and this is kind of. My thinking on it, because it may sound like, oh, feelings don't matter. They're not important. But I, I I think they're very important um on a couple of levels. Number one, I think we learn love in those relationships where feelings of affection um, are already present. You know, familial relationships mm-hmm. or take a rom- romantic relationship. You know, when people are true loving at first, you know, all the emotions are strong all these wonderful emotions are strong and, and that's kind of the seed ground for love but as 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 we often experience those emotions begin to settle down a little bit and hopefully what remains is a mutual you know pursuit of, of the good the other thing i want to say about emotions is joy cuz really the f- w- w- one of the fruits of love is the joy we experience together, right? Um, so although I, would, I wouldn't I would say that emotion is the essence of love, I, I would say that, you know, emotions like affection and, and, and compassion and so on are kind of where we learn how to love even when the emotions are not present. And then, of course, you know, the fruit of love, the joy, Um is certainly an, an emotion and, and worthy of pursuit as well. So. Yeah.
0: I think that's really useful. Uh, and a good counter maybe, you know, the, like you said, the classical tradition is very suspicious of feelings, mm-hmm. right? Cause it's not, first of all, it's not my rational mind. So anything right. outside of that is, is suspect to begin with. But then I think is also, you know, that, the um, mm, ways in which the tradition doesn't want to put feelings on God uh, Mm -hmm. because of this idea of, you know, of passability, right. right? That, that it's when our emotions that we change, we can be changed. We are changed. Right. Because I feel, because in their very definition, right. I feel happy. Mm -hmm. I feel sad. I'm glad to see you. I feel I'm having all of these feelings, all this, time. And it's almost like I'm a different person in some ways. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think there's something useful there that you've pointed to uh, beyond the, the, the couple of good points you've just made on that. But, but this idea that loving changes us too. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not just uh, an activity that I do to or on Mm -hmm. someone else. Right. (laughs) My loving someone else and pursuing the good for them isn't, you know, like my coaching activity. <laughs> but but again, because of that connection uh, with it to God's actual work in the world, to God's mission program, um, we we talked about that one way in which it brings us closer to God with this knowledge of God, et cetera. But I think that's a way in which it's actually transforms us. Mm-hmm um uh we learn more about ourselves and about each other through that activity um but I think uh we do you think it would be fair to say that you know as we pursue love you know is a way in which we are uh sanctified uh, through through that pursuit um that that through, Love. We're not just imitators of the divine, but can
1: we're participating in the divine nature?
0: that's what I wanted to (laughs) say.
1: Which, by the way, feels good.
0: Does feel good? That's and that's okay, isn't it? It is to have a nice little reward. It does feel good.